Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers and it would definitely mean a lot. The link is in the description below how to, I mean, once you click on the link, it'll just tell you subscribed or, or whatever. I appreciate y'all. It definitely means a lot. And here's where we'll start. Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know, man, life, this is why I love basketball, bro. I know I did a whole why I love basketball rant last episode, but this is why I love basketball, man. Basketball is like a pendulum. I was ready to come in here. I was ready to come in here and say, hey. Brooklyn seasons is over uh, without Kyrie, which we'll talk about in a second. Without Kyrie, they can't beat the Bucks. Yeah, you still have Kevin Durant, but you don't have anybody else. James Harden wasn't announced to be playing. So it just looked mighty bleak for the, 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 the Brooklyn Nets. And then I'm hearing a whole bunch of Kevin Durant's not LeBron James. Now you see what LeBron James had to go through. Kevin Durant is not a leader. Kevin Durant can't lead a team. I just heard it all. And I'm like, ah. I mean, I know Kevin Durant's a great scorer, and he can defend when he wants to, and he can pass when he wants to, but this is a Bucks team. This is the this is the semifinal. I mean, it's going to be tough, man. I was ready to come in here and just say, hey, Good season, Brooklyn, but injuries really killed y'all. And then it happened. And then Kevin Durant happened. <laughs> and here's the thing. I never doubted Kevin Durant. You know, I never doubted the fact that Kevin Durant was going to be Kevin Durant. I never doubted the fact that Kevin Durant can come out and have a historic bravioso game. And I never thought that Kevin Durant was going. I never thought Kevin Durant couldn't win a game. What I thought was, I didn't think that he could win because of the surrounding pieces, because James Harden wasn't supposed to be playing, Kyrie was out, you had to trust on Joe Harris, who was playing like garbage this playoffs, Bruce Brown, who had one good half, um, Landry Shamit, Blake Griffin, who had a, a couple good games, but he's not the Blake Griffin of old. I just didn't, I knew Kevin Durant can get his points off. I just didn't think that anything, like anyone else, was able to come on for that ride and, and lead Brooklyn to victory. And to be completely honest with you, even, even what we saw happen, bro, Kevin Durant becomes became the first player in NBA history to have 49 and and I'm and side note before we keep going Kevin Durant is straight garbage for that I hate when people uh Steph Curry did that Steph Curry did that um this season as well he was at like 49 points uh or 59 points something like that and he missed a free throw to end the game on a 49 or 59 I don't remember I think it was I believe it was 59 I believe no, he had sixty-two. Yeah, I believe it was fifty-nine, and he just needed a he needed a free throw to to get another sixty. It would have been his six, second sixty-point game, and he missed the free throw and ended with fifty-nine. Kevin Durant knows you try. You know you trash for that, bro. <laughs> you know you trash for that. But he finished with forty-nine points, sixteen rebounds, and ten assists, becoming the first player in NBA history to do that in the playoffs. Uh. I look I've been I am you can go back to hell my first episode 
you can go back to the very first episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I think this is episode 165 or something. You can go back to episode one. I dedicated my first ever episode of the Unpopular Podcast to tell you guys how great Kevin Durant is. And it hasn't stopped, man. Look, we'll talk about the Buck side in a second. But Kevin Durant, there's something to be said when you look at a player and you like, hey, there's a... We expected Kevin Durant, a lot of people, most people expected Kevin Durant to score. What a lot of people didn't expect, and I am I can be one of those people, I didn't expect Kevin Durant to be able to facilitate like he did uh, last night. I didn't expect him to be able to, to, to turn on the defense. I think he had like four or five blocks. Kevin Durant did everything, or maybe three or four. Kevin Durant did everything he needed to do for his team. And this is even with James Harden coming back, and James Harden obviously not looking like he's ready to play. Now, James Harden, for people that don't know, he's missed – I think he's only played 40 seconds of this entire uh, series because uh, he tweaked his hamstring. Now, this is the same hamstring that made him miss a lot of time in the regular season. But James Harden was out there, and it's James Harden, honestly, to be – now, we know he was – you can tell he wasn't ready to play. I, I kind of feared when I heard James Harden was going to play, I kind of feared like this was the same situation that Kevin Durant was in in Golden State. Golden State, when they were down against the the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals, I think they were down 3-1, and Kevin Durant started to feel the heat. He started to understand that, yo, if I don't play, we are going to lose. Ke- Steph Curry is giving his best. Klay Thompson at the time is giving his best. If we don't play, we are going to lose. I mean, if I don't play, we are going to lose. Kevin Durant was the best uh, best player on the team. That's, I mean, and he felt the pressure. And that same game that he played that everyone knew his hamstring wasn't right. Everyone knew that he really shouldn't be playing. But that same game, he ruptures his Achilles. Now, I didn't, I didn't wish that upon anybody, and I didn't think – that that was going to happen to James Harden. But you can see early on, James Harden, hamstrings is something that you can't really, you can't rush a hamstring. And I say you can't rush a hamstring because a hamstring, a pulled hamstring can turn into a popped hamstring, can turn into a come off the bone hamstring. And once that happens, you're out. And sometimes that can be career altering if a bone, if the, the muscle comes off the bone. So, I just didn't think he was right. And there's a reason why. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand these players make big money and they're going to think about their bodies first. But there's a reason why a player like James Harden, if a player like James Harden, who, if you look back at his history, is known to play through injuries and known to play in big moments. There's a reason why he wasn't playing. And when we heard Kyrie went down, or was going down. And, of course, we saw the the ankle sprain, and it looked bad. That's when you can start, and and, and you start hearing, okay, well, Kyrie's out, James is out, it's going to be on Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant doesn't have the playmaking skills that Kyrie or James Harden has. When you start hearing that, 
and of course you start hearing the um you start hearing the chatter of okay well this is the we don't like what happened out of Houston. We don't like how you force your way out of Houston to Brooklyn. And the biggest, the, the the time when Brooklyn needs you the most, you're out. Like you start hearing that. Then he said, all right, you know what? We're going to play. Hell, and, and, and it looked quickly. You can tell that, that James Harden should not have been out there. James Harden was not ready. Now, luckily, thank God he didn't get hurt, but you can just tell he wasn't out there. Now, am I saying that he's still hurt? I don't know. But I'm saying is he just wasn't ready to play. And and it could have been, he could have been physically ready. He could have been physically ready to play. But it's kind of hard jumping from not playing for a long time to getting jumping straight into a, a an intense series like the Bucks and Nets series are right is right now. So you can just tell he wasn't there. He finished with, I believe, five or six points. Uh, he only made one field, one field goal, I think. And it was like a layup it, and he, he, it just didn't look good. He had a lot, he had a couple turnovers. He didn't look engaged. He just did not look good. However, his counterpart or his, his, his Kevin Durant was just going off. And it's, it's funny, man. It's funny because. People throw, you know, people throw LeBron James, you know, he needs to win with with Kevin Durant's never won without a star or Kevin Durant needs to know how it feels to um, not, you know, not have superstar talent around him. He needs to understand what, what LeBron James has been through. Here's the thing, and this is why I hate, and I mean absolutely hate that argument, because the same breath they will say well the reason why lebron james didn't win is because he had he didn't have so 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 and it's not just lebron man if you look in history bro larry bird never won by himself magic johnson never won by himself michael jordan never won by himself hell michael jordan didn't win only won one playoff game before scotty pippen came um who else uh Hakeem Olajuwon never won by himself. Kobe never won by himself. Shaq never won by himself. D. Wade never won by himself. Steph Curry never won by himself. It's like, and LeBron James, I don't know if I said it, but LeBron James has never won by himself. If you look at all the championships LeBron has won, LeBron has four championships. Two of them, he had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. The one that Dwayne, or the two that, well, the one that we can't, we can, we can throw out the outlier, which is the first one against Dallas. LeBron James already said that was his, you know, it is what it is. He did, he didn't come ready to play this day. The one that he lost, Chris Bosh was was hampered. D Wade was hampered. If you go to go to Cleveland, every single year he lost, somebody was either somebody was uh, hurt. Or you're just playing a, 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 a an all-world team. Like, you remember 2015, Kyrie and Kevin Love was hurt. 2016, when everyone was healthy, Golden State was hurt. You know, Bogut was out, who who was a huge piece, especially in the as a rim protector. Uh, Andre Godala was out. If you look at the Lakers, when he won the Lakers, he had Anthony Davis, who was playing the best basketball he's ever played. So... This narrative and this the the argument that you know Kevin Durant needs to find out how it is 
to win by himself. To be quite as is kept, LeBron James doesn't know how it is to win by himself because he's never done it. Neither has Jordan. Neither has any player in the world. As and people love. I mean, ever since Kevin Durant, of course, went to uh, went to Golden State, Kevin Durant's pretty much been enemy number one. Uh, people, people, you know, the whole snake thing, of course, the burner account that, that went up. People don't allow play. You know what it is? You know what it is? And it's funny. Cause I'm, I, I, I guess I'm kind of in this realm too. What people, people have a basket sports life in general is, is funny and weird, man. Cause people like myself, I mean, I have a podcast a sports podcast I talk about what's happening in sports. Uh, people that work on major networks and they get money. They get paid. I don't get no money, but they get paid. People get paid to critique things, and and it's not just people feel like they can critique, which they can. I mean, you're you're your own person, but they feel they can critique things that they could never do. Like if you go to YouTube right now. There's a huge genre of album reviews. People do album reviews. People do song reviews. And of course, I'm not here saying that you can't do what you can't, what you, what you don't want to do. Hey, do you? Hey, I watch a lot of album reviews, but a lot of those people, most of those people, can't put pen to paper and and write us an eight, let alone a sixteen, let alone a whole song, let alone make a beat. But they just feel obligated and they feel the need because that's their job. They feel that they can speak on something like an album. Now, of course, I understand they speak on how they how they feel about it and if they like it. But in the same vein, they'll they'll tell they'll tell you that so and so is trash, but they can't even sing on beat. They'll tell you that so and so can't rap to say their life, but they can't rap. They can't put an eight together. Basketball, sports, people will say how garbage that a football quarterback is, yet and still, I can't throw you a phone, like you can't throw me my phone 10 10 inches and have the jump go over my head. People saying they should have made that catch, they should have made that run, they should have made that dive, yet if I threw you your phone 10 inches, you couldn't catch it. Basketball players, man, Kevin Durant's garbage, Kevin Durant's soft, Kevin Durant is this, Kevin Durant is that, yet and still, every single time Kevin Durant is needed, this man performs. Now, now, you can go on and talk about what happened with a 3-1 lead, uh, and a lot of that was Kevin Durant, I'm not going to lie, but, and a lot of that was other players too, but it's just like, you can't talk about legacy games and I, I i know like you can't no let me not say that you can't say someone's trash you can't say someone's garbage they are supreme they are supremely talented anybody that made it to the league whether it's nba mlb uh hockey football they are supremely talented and to be kevin durant and to be one of the most talented players to ever play a sport Kevin, you cannot speak about the NBA, the history of the NBA, without mentioning Kevin Durant's name. And, hey, 
Yet and still, people still say he's trash because they don't like the fact that he did what anybody would do if they're unhappy at a job and and had other unemployment. So, and it's funny, man. Let's 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 go over to the Buck side. No, no, let me say, congratulations, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets for beating the Bucks. I think it was one fourteen to one hundred eight, and now they're leading three two in the series. Let's go over to the Bucks. Ugh, let's go over to the Bucks. <laughs> the the same thing. As much as you can praise Heap on Kevin Durant and the Buck and in the in the Brooklyn Nets for winning, you also have to, in the same breath, you have to criticize what you saw from the Bucks. Let's just say Kyrie was there. What do what are, what what are the Bucks and what do the Bucks have that the Brooklyn Nets don't? Well, they have size. You have Giannis. You have Drew Holiday, who's who's a big guard. You have PJ Tucker, who is 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 a rugged player. You have Brook Lopez. You have size. Hell, even Pat Connaughton's kind of a uh, a stronger guard. You. So with that being said, you have size. You're a better defensive defensive team. I mean, you have uh, Giannis and Drew Holiday, who both made the all defense team this year. We'll talk about that uh, a little later. You have P.J. Tucker, who a lot of people revere as a great defender. You have Brooke Lopez, who a lot of people is, is a decent mid range defender. You have Mike Budenhoser, who has won a coach of the year. And, of course, you have a two-time MVP in Giannis. Charles Barkley said, there's a reason why Charles Barkley said that the Bucks have the ability, and he believes the Bucks have the ability to win in championship. Yet, in the same breath, he also said they're probably one of the dumbest teams he's ever seen. Now, I'm not going to go as far and say they're a dumb team. Hell, back to what I just said. I can't. I mean, I'm not in the NBA. I can't call nobody dumb. I can't call nobody trash. But there is something to be said that, yes, I understand that you're good. I, I, I know that they're one of the best three-point shooting teams. Giannis is not a good three-point shooter. I understand that. In the regular season, they're they're used to jacking up threes and making it. Don't get me wrong; you still have Chris Middleton. You know, they're, they 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 make a lot of threes. But when you're playing against an opponent, one who's weak, weakened as far as Kyrie not there, James Harden, you know his hamstrings not right. I mean, there should be no reason why James Harden, who is a multiple time scoring champ, uh, as an MVP and a runner up to MVP multiple years in a row. There should be no reason why he has zero points at halftime. So you know something's not right. And you also know that the only person that is on the floor that can generate any type of their own puck buckets is Kevin Durant. There should be no reason why you're up 17 points. 17 points. And you lose this game with no Kyrie with a an uh, a slow down Harden and 
You gave up. I think they gave up what twenty seven points to Jeff Green. Now don't get me wrong. Shouts out my my Maryland natives. You know Kevin Durant, Jeff Green. Shouts out to them. PG PG's finest. Stand up. Seat Pleasant. Stand up. There's no disrespect. I mean Jeff Green. Jeff Green. Like I said, I'm not gonna disrespect my Maryland people, man. But I will say this. There should be no reason why Jeff Green should give you 27 points and Kevin Durant. I understand. I can see Kevin Durant giving you 49, 15, and 10. I can see that. I mean, that's Kevin Durant. But to allow Jeff Green to give you, what, 24, 27 points? To allow James Harden to score under 10 points? To allow... Joe Harris to score under 10 points to allow Bruce Brown to score under 10 points and you still lose the game. See, I never understood what it was. Like, I never understood what was... I I knew that Giannis's lack of shooting always held them back. I knew that before they got Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton... He's one of those players where he can be a, a, a incredibly solid number two. But a lot of people talk about the inconsistency that Paul George has, but nobody really talks about the inconsistency that Chris Middleton has, especially in the playoffs. There should be no reason why you're up seven. Like this was a this this game was more important to the Bucks than it was Brooklyn. I understand that whoever was going to lose this game was going to be down three two in the series, but nobody expect nobody outside of Brooklyn expected Brooklyn to win. No one did because when you're losing players left and right like Kyrie, when you have a hampered James Harden, you shouldn't win that game, especially in the playoffs. It'd be different if this was regular season. This is the playoffs, so you know how they're coming. You know what they're doing. Yet and still, you still can't. St- you still don't stop it. Then it brings me back to the larger point, and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's, I can't take back, I I can't, look, you're a two-time MVP. You're a, you're a former defensive player of the year now. You're one of the, you, 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 you were all defense first team this year. You're a perennial all defensive team selection. There should be no reason why you're looking at, at a man across from you. Score 49, 16, and 10. And then you're looking at another man that scores 27 points in Jeff Green and I think only misses one or two threes the entire game. I think he was like six for seven or seven for eight or something like that. There should be no reason why you see both of those players and you're guarding Joe Harris. Now, if that was the scheme... I would think that a two-time MVP of reigning defensive player of the year would be able to say, you know what, coach? Hey, Mike, I respect you, bro. Look, we're good. But let let me get Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's my height. Kevin Durant is my equal at this point. Or let me say this. Kevin Durant, we're the two best players on the teams. Let me guard him. 
I don't need to guard Joe Harris. If Joe Harris goes for 37 points, if I'm not on him, but Kevin Durant goes, I will say this. If any other person would have went off and not Kevin Durant, Brooklyn would have lost that game. If Bruce Brown would have had 24, if Landry Shamit would have had 20, if if Blake Griffin would have had a 30-point game and Kevin Durant had a subpar game because Giannis held him to a subpar game, Brooklyn would have lost the game because Brooklyn is not built like that. But Giannis sat there and watched a man and Kevin Durant. And I'm not saying that he's I'm not saying that Kevin Durant shouldn't have done that. But what I'm saying is Kevin Durant is known to do that. So why are you not guarding him? Hey, it is what it is, I guess. I mean, now, now you are down 3-2. You're going back to, to the Bucks, or you're going back to Milwaukee. Um, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. James, you give James Harden yet another day to rest and yet another game with James Harden. There's no way James Harden cannot be better unless, no, there's no way that James Harden cannot be worse than what he was yesterday. So this is, this is, do I think before yesterday, would I have thought that, that the Brooklyn Nets could win this series? Without Kyrie and without James Harden, of course not. I'm not. I'm not saying Kevin Durant is not good, but Kevin Durant. The thing that makes LeBron James and Kevin Durant is different is their mindset. LeBron James is more of a uh, facilitator first. Then I'll give you my points. Kevin Durant is a bona fide sh- scoring machine. Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is one of probably top five, maybe even top three. We can debate that another time. I'll just I'll just stick with top five greatest scores of all time. LeBron James is top five, maybe top three greatest facilitators of all time. That's what made that's what made Magic Johnson. And Michael Jordan so different. Magic Johnson, while he didn't have a shot like like he could shoot at towards the end of his career, but Magic Johnson can go and he can give you thirty, he can give you forty, but he'll he'll also give you twenty five, fifteen assists and and twelve rebounds. He'll also give you thirty, twenty and 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 twenty. When Jordan will give you a forty a forty nine point game, a sixty nine point game, a sixty two point game, so just because their mindsets and their their approach to the game is different doesn't mean that they're both not great. There's nobody that thinks that Magic Johnson wasn't great. There's nobody that thinks Michael Jordan wasn't great. There's nobody that thinks that LeBron James is not great. And there's nobody that thinks that Kevin Durant's not great. I just think that the approach to the game is different. It's a lot easier stopping somebody that is a pure score and that's it because or i'll say this they're gonna get theirs kevin Durant's gonna get his it's just don't let anyone else get it or you say we're gonna stop kevin Durant and make everyone else you know make everyone else score i don't know what brooklyn i mean i don't know what milwaukee tried to do 
because Kevin Durant went off and nobody else scored, really, except Jeff Green, and they still lost. So before yesterday, would you have told me that the Brooklyn Nets, or if you would have asked me, could the Brooklyn Nets win without Kyrie and James Harden? I would have said, of course not. Even with, and that's no referendum to to Kevin Durant. That's no disrespect to Kevin Durant. I just thought that I would think that a team that is fairly healthy outside of, I know they don't have Dante DiVincenzo, but a team that's fairly healthy could beat a team that's losing two of their three players, two of their top three players. Not to mention, even if James Harden came back, which he did, and he wasn't even 100%, and you can tell he wasn't 100%. I would have said no. I mean, Brooklyn's, I mean, Brooklyn is going to lose this game. Now, you ask me, I <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I, Kevin Durant's still going to be Kevin Durant. And the way that they're playing Kevin Durant, like, P.J. Tucker, is he's howling, he's fouling, and he's hacking. But Kevin Durant's still giving you 49, 16, and 10. You know, that game really showed me uh, that game told me more about Milwaukee than it did Brooklyn. I don't, it's Charles Barkley, who was warranted to say that a player can be trash or not because he's played and he's an all time great player. Charles Barkley sees something like there's, there's Charles Barkley doesn't really call a team, especially a team that he believes can win a championship dumb. But there's something that I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know. I don't know if it's players because they have some very high IQ, high IQ players. I just don't. It's hard. Now, we can look up two weeks from now and Milwaukee could be steamrolling to the to the finals. But that loss last night means a lot. And. It, it hurts Milwaukee more than it, 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 it proved a lot more to, about Milwaukee than it did Brooklyn. What did it prove? What did last night prove about Brooklyn? It proved that Kevin Durant is a great scorer, which, which he's been. It proved that Kevin Durant can get a lot of rebounds, which, I mean, he's seven feet tall. It proved that Kevin Durant can get some, uh, some assist. We saw that in Golden State, and we kind of saw that in Oklahoma City. What it proved is it proved that uh, Joe Harris still can't shoot right now, even though he's a perennial three-point shooter. It proved that Blake Griffin doesn't have it yet or doesn't have it anymore, but he's still serviceable. It proved that Jeff Green can have a a Jeff Green game. It proved that – what did it prove? But what did the loss prove? It proved that – what did the loss prove to the Bucs or prove about the Bucs? I just don't know if they're ready. I don't know if they have, if their star, if your star can't shoot and continuously shoots threes or fade away, fade away jump shots and crunch time with, with James Harden on you. And you're taking a fade away jump shot when you, it's different if you're, if you're KD or you're Kobe and you're known to take fade away jump shots. But if you're Giannis, 
who is not even good at the free throw line taking fadeaway jump shots. I don't know. But that was an all-time great game because of what we saw. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not this is I'm not saying Giannis is trash. I mean, Giannis still had like 34 or something and something. But I there's no way that you can tell me that Kevin Durant is the only scorer that you have. In fact, there's only two players, I believe, maybe three, that scored over double digits. I think three, because I think Langey Shaman scored over. I think th- either four players scored over double digits. Two of them scored over 20 points. And you're up 17, and you lose that game. That'd be hard to bounce back, man. That'd be hard to bounce back. Let's move forward. Ooh. You know, injuries have taken a toll on this entire season. We say that almost every week, and almost every week somebody else goes out. Um, it was, you know, LeBron in regular season, uh, AD, Clay, of course, still isn't there. Um, there's injuries have just taken a toll on this season. And the same is being said for the playoffs. Uh, you know, People are getting hurt left and right, and the playoffs are, like I said, AD. Um, that that really hurt the playoffs. Jamal Murray. Uh, the playoff, you know, injuries is a part of the game, of course, but it's taken, you know, it's t- there's 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 been a a lot of injuries this year, and the li- add Kawhi Leonard to the list of being injured. Kawhi Leonard is now out and def- definitely in unlikely to play tonight in game five and a lot of people are saying that he's probably going to miss um he's probably going to miss the rest of the series due to ankle injury i mean his knee due to a knee injury and tweaking his knee um now this is bad on two fronts three fronts one you don't want to see a player getting hurt like, nobody wants to see a player get hurt. Even if you're not even a Clippers fan, nobody wants to see a player get hurt. And for people that, like, pray, like celebrate for players getting hurt, that's a different level of, of vile, in my opinion. Like, how are you going to praise a player getting hurt? That doesn't make sense to me. Like, I understand that you're a fan of a team, but these are still players. These are still people. You're not going to, like... Janice at the office, if she broke her leg, you're not going to start jumping for joy. So why would you do it? If a, but you know, it is what it is. But I hope Ke- I hope Kawhi Leonard gets back healthy. But this is huge on another. The second part is now, of course, they didn't load manage as much this year, seeing as though that, you know, the playing tournament, uh, the season was shortened. So they didn't they didn't load manage a lot, but this is the biggest fear for teams that do a lot of load managing, especially load managing on stars. You load manage so they can be completely and perfectly healthy for the reg, for the playoffs. So the fact that you would load manage somebody and they're out for the playoff, or they get hurt in the playoffs and now they're out in a pivotal pivotal moment is is huge. Now I'm not blaming you know anybody for Kawhi's injury injuries are you can't you can't you know pl- you know you can't injuries are 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 freak freak incidences you know um 
and of course I hope for the speedy recovery, but no nobody in the Clippers organization This is the worst case scenario when it comes to one, the Clippers organization and two, load managing teams. When your best player that's been load managing due to, you know, getting ready and want to be fresh for the playoffs gets hurt in the playoffs. And number three, now you're while you have Paul George, Paul George has not shown that he is capable. You know what's funny? Somebody said I don't remember who said it. But some so is I don't take credit for this. But somebody said that Paul George's career is a complete duality. And when I say complete duality, if you look at his career when he was in Indiana, Paul George was not the best regular season player. But he was an incredible, incredible postseason player. Like, his days in Indiana, he was that, he was a top five player in the playoffs when he was in Indiana. He could do no wrong. Like, we remember those duels between Indiana and, and Miami and of course Duncan on Birdman and you know even his last year in Indiana I think he had like a 49 or 42 or some point game in the playoff like he was going crazy in the playoffs when he was in Indiana now he, he was still a good regular season player but he didn't shine till he went to the playoffs like stars are supposed to do then you get to OKC and the Clippers and it's just something changed now he is he's he is the good like he is crazy good in the regular season and then he he's inconsistent in the playoffs. You know what he reminds me of? And don't get me wrong. No, you know what it is with this. You know, he reminds me of Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady is known to be one of the best offensive players the league has ever seen. Yet and still, Tracy that never translated to the, to the postseason. He had some postseason, he had some good postseason games, but he never got out the first round. Paul George reminds me of 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 Tracy McGrady, incredible in the regular season. Hell, just what two years ago, two three years ago, he was third. He finished third in MVP voting. There's a reason why a lot of people say can still argue if he's a top 10, top 15 player because of what he does in the regular season. But then, like Trace McGrady, your game, when you're a superstar, your game's supposed to rise in the postseason. His kind of, at least this point in his career, kind of diminishes. And so did Tracy McGrady. Doesn't take away from the fact that Trace McGrady was still a great player, but Trace McGrady, there should be no reason why you're as good as you are and revered as you are, and you have never gotten out the first round. The only time you got out the first round, I apologize, is when you were bench riding, uh, when you were a bench rider for the Spurs. And don't get me wrong, this is not a shot at Trace McGrady. This is just facts. So this is why this injury to Kawhi Leonard comes at the absolute worst time. The Clippers already fought back from being down 0-2 now to tie the series up. Kawhi Leonard has been their best player, even though the two games that they did win, Paul George has been incredible as well. 
but it's a lot easier being incredible as a two than it is a one because Kawhi Leonard has been great those games as well. You're going against a team in Utah who, by the way, is the number one overall team in the playoffs or number one overall team in the West but had the best record in the playoffs. They're getting Donovan Mitchell. Well, Donovan Mitchell's gone crazy. I don't know if I'm watching Donovan Mitchell or if I'm watching Steph Curry. I don't know what the hell I'm watching. I just know this man is going crazy. And you're going against a complete team. Now, on paper, the Clippers still have enough. You know, you still have Paul George. Reggie Jackson's been going crazy. Morris, uh, Marcus Morris Sr. has been good. Um on paper, you still have a, a solid team. Nicholas Batum, Luke Kennard. Hell, you still have DeMarcus Cousins, uh, Rondo, who for some reason has dropped out the whole rotation. But uh, kind of, but Kawhi Leonard is your best player. And Kawhi Leonard has been your best player this entire playoffs. And I don't this is a this is a big game for Paul George. I don't I'm not saying you have to win. But you can't you have to like you have to have one of those you know incredible games. And I don't know if Paul George is capable of that, at least at this point of his career, being a number one, because he hasn't been a number one since Indiana. And quite as kept. Even with Paul George being a number one in Indiana, they didn't. I mean, of course, they went to a couple Eastern Conference Finals, but they didn't really have much success. So this is a huge. This is if Paul George. I mean, if Kawhi Leonard's out the rest of the series, they lose this series. As you're playing against the the most comp- the most complete team as far as chemistry, players, positions. The Utah Jazz is probably the, one of the most complete teams, if not the most complete team in the league. And you're out your best player? Yeah, nah. So we're really about to see, one, what Paul George is made of, and two, we're really about to see what Utah is made of. If Utah, this this game, game five, is eerily similar, should have a similar feel to game to what we saw last night against the Bucks and the the Brooklyn Nets. This is a must-win game for the Bucks. I mean, for the Utah Jazz. They're down there, but now I understand Brooklyn's best player wasn't out, which is KD, but their second best player in Kyrie or no, in James Harden was wobbled and the third best player in Kyrie is out and more than likely out for the series. You're <laughs> The the Clippers best players out, man. And you have to win this game. The last thing you want to do is be at home and go down 3-2 to a team that didn't even have their best player. That's all I'm saying, man. And 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 and, and moving on with the whole being out, and let's move forward. Chris Paul. I don't know what it is, man. I feel I feel horrible for Chris Paul. And I feel horrible for Chris Paul because it's like every time something happens, man. Every it's either an injury or an injury 
and now it's COVID. So Chris Paul uh, tested positive for COVID uh, today, I think. And he is now in COVID protocol. And because he tested positive, that I think the, the, the quarantine period is longer because you tested positive instead of, I don't know, contact rate. I don't know. Now, the thing that's helping Chris Paul and the Suns is that they don't have to play anymore. They swept the the Denver Nuggets. Um, and, of course, the Utah series, this Utah and Clippers series is still going on and could go to seven games. That's what's helping them. But, again, man, it's I just feel bad for Chris Paul. It's like you get to the highest of highs, right? Um, you sweep Denver. You sweep the MVP. In uh, Nikola Jokic, and this is the team to do it. You have young legs. You you have one of the best teams in the league, and this everyone that looks at the Suns knows that this is the team that could do it. You have Devin Booker. You have uh, Jay Crowder. You have DeAndre Ayton. Cameron Payne is playing like uh, I'm. I'll, I've always been one of those people to bash Cameron Payne because I'm like, bro, why, how are you still in the league? But you have Cameron Payne hooping like a like a bona fide six man a year, and now you get hit with COVID, man. I'll say this: to me, Phoenix doesn't have a shot. If Chris Paul, for one, first and foremost, I hope Chris Paul gets healthy. I hope Chris Paul is okay. I hope that it's not a uh, serious. Um, I hope it's not. I hope it doesn't affect him serious. You know, as rap, as powerful as it, as it affects uh, other people in the world. Of course, you don't know with the whole body and everything. But I hope that he come gets back to full strength. That's the first and foremost. I mean, f basketball, f sports. I hope he, you know, he's able to be okay. But on a sports tip, Phoenix has no shot in winning, even though you have a lot of great young players, who, which, by the way, they had last year. They have no shot without Chris Paul. And honestly, I don't think they have a shot if Chris Paul's not healthy. That's how important Chris Paul is to um, to what makes uh, what makes this team tick, what makes this team go. With Chris Paul healthy, they have a shot to win a national. I mean, a national championship. They have a shot to win the NBA Finals. Without Chris Paul, they have no shot. And that's that's no disrespect to Monty Williams and his coaching. That's no disrespect to Devin Booker and how good he is shooting the ball. There's no disrespect to any of it. But Chris Paul is the most important person in that franchise right now. And we saw it against the Lakers. We saw it against Denver. Hell, they just beat the MVP. And yeah, man. Yeah. So I wish nothing. I, I wish nothing but a speedy recovery for Chris Paul. And I hope that this does not derail his uh, championship run because we've seen time and time again, whether it was an injury for the Clippers, whether it was uh, injuries around him in New Orleans, whether it was the hamstring injury when they were up 3-1 or 3-2, 
or three one against Golden State. A Golden State team that had a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy K uh Curry, a healthy Draymond Green, a healthy Clay Thompson. And they were up. The Rockets were three one. And then, you know, Chris Paul's hamstring goes out and it's a wrap. And now this. So I just hope, you know, I hope for a speedy recovery and I hope that this doesn't derail to me a perfect chance for him to win a championship. So let's move forward. I just want to shout out um I want to shout out Atlanta for tying up the series against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um you know I didn't see this coming. I I thought Atlanta could win a couple games. Um, which of course they have so far, but I didn't think, you know, Atlanta's another team that we're starting to see that is growing up right before our eyes, man. We're seeing Trey Young being incredible with controlling his pace. And even if he's not having a good shooting day, he's getting other people involved. Uh, John Collins has been great. Clint Capella has been great. Like the Atlanta Hawks has been incredible. And on top of that, I don't know what the hell happened to the Philadelphia 76ers last game. I mean, Joel Embiid himself went 0 for 12 the second half. And, of course, when Joel Embiid is going 0 for 12 and can't shoot, you have Ben Simmons who can't shoot, period. It just, it's, you know, Tobias Harris was turning the ball over. Seth Curry wasn't hitting shots. They're already out Danny Green. You know, Danny Green's out with, I think, an ankle injury. And he's going to be out. So I don't know when he's coming back, but that's another shooter and defender that you're missing. George Hill is not getting it done. So shouts out to Atlanta, man. Do I think that Atlanta is going to win this series? I don't. I don't think so. I don't foresee another second half. Now I did. I do understand that Joel Embiid did tweak his his uh, his knee, and that is that is a huge cause for concern because. Um, he did miss a couple games in the Washington series. Uh, and of course, regular season, he missed a lot of games due to injury. So, and that to me, the games that he misses, what cost him winning a, winning a, a, uh, MVP. But if, if Joel Embiid's not right, like if Joel Embiid can't get back to a hundred percent or isn't close to a hundred percent because of the injury, yeah, no, Atlanta got the series because I can't, I I can't trust Ben Simmons to be my leading score to to lead me to victory scoring wise. I can't trust Seth Curry, even though he's been incredible. I can't trust Seth Curry. I can't trust any of these Dwight Howard. I can't trust any of these people to lead me to victory, especially over a young team that is going. I mean, Bogdanovich has been great. Uh, Kevin Herter, shouts out to Maryland product, he's been great. I just, I I, I can't. I can't see it, man. I can't see it. But if Joel Embiid is back to healthy, I can't. I hell, they were they were up like 15, 16, 18 points. They were up eighteen points against Atlanta before Atlanta came back. So I think this is an interesting. Even though there are there are still blowouts that we're seeing, this has been an interesting playoffs, man. And this, especially this round, has been good. I mean, the Atlanta. Um, the Atlanta Philly series has been great. Of course, we just talked about the Bucks and, and Brooklyn. Uh, Utah 
Utah and Clippers has been pretty even as far as now it's up 2-2 or now it's tied 2-2. Um, and now, and then of course the Suns just sitting waiting on who, who we going to play. So this has been a really good series, really good playoffs, man. I know there's been a lot of blowouts, but there has been a lot of great games as well. I mean, look at some of the games that we got from, uh, Dallas, uh, and Luca, look at some of the games, the, 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 some of the Lakers games, man. So, I mean, you know, shouts out to Atlanta and you know, I just had to shout them. I mean, for tying up two, two. Uh, and and doing what you had to do in home court. So let's move forward. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Hey, man, look. Oh, my God. Praise Jesus. Look, man. Last episode, we talked about it was unlikely that um, it was unlikely that that um the washington was going to part ways with uh part ways with scott brooks uh and i went on a a a huge rant about how scott brooks has been mediocre as hell for us i'm not saying that washington listened to the episode i'm not saying they didn't i'm saying is as we sit here today, Scott Brooks is not has is has been relieved of his services as head coach. Praise God! Oh man! Now, of course, with that with that being said, who is a good candidate? Now, also on the on the heels of that, uh, Stan Van Gundy is uh, also out as the head coach of the um I think head coach and GM of the Pelicans. So now there's a lot of I mean there's a lot of coaching. I mean who who are good coaching candidates for the team? You can look at Chauncey Billups, you can look at Becky Hammond, you can look at uh Jason Kidd, you can look at Jock Vaughn. Like there's a lot of good, you know, Nate McMullen might be out there after the end of the season. Uh, I think that a team like the Timberwolves may look at a maybe look at a Terry Stotts. I don't know, man. But all I know is ain't no more Scott Brooks. Mm-mm. I'm excited, man. Ah, man. What a day to be alive. What a time to be alive. Now, I'm not. Look, first and foremost, let me say this, though. <laughs> I know I'm joking around about, you know, Scott Brooks not being here and I'm 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 generally happy for my team, but it it does suck that somebody gets fired from their job. Um thank you Scott Brooks for being there since 2016 uh and doing whatever you did um as a coach. I appreciate that. Uh I I will say that you definitely helped with the development of Bradley Bill. That's one thing that we can say about Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks is a good developing coach for some players. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, Scott Brooks is out of there. Thank God for that. So let's move forward. Uh, so the All-NBA and All-Defensive teams were announced, uh, I think, yesterday. And, of course, with the All-NBA teams and All-Defensive teams, you have the snubs and everything. Let me just read off the all-defensive team first. 
So all defensive first team, no, second team. No, let's do first. First team is Giannis Antetokounmpo, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, and Ben Simmons. I don't really have a problem with any of those. Uh, I mean, Rudy Gobert won the defensive play of the year, so you know he has to be uh, part of the first team. Draymond Green still, I mean, a lot of people may not like him, but you can't deny his defensive ability. Uh, Drew Holiday's, you know, I can't. Ben Simmons, who a lot of people thought should have won the defensive player of the year. I can't be mad at that. The second team, you had Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, uh, Matisse Thimble, and Kawhi Leonard. The only, I mean, if you want to talk about snubs, the only t- p- people I could see maybe make it is uh, Lou Dort. I know a lot of people don't know much about Lou Dort because he plays for Oklahoma City, and I know he missed the set, like the end of the season due to injury. But Lou Dort is an incredible defender. Uh, maybe Paul George could have been in there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Mikael Bridges. I don't know. Clint Capella, maybe. But Miles Turner. I mean, I know he missed uh, a lot of the season due to injury, but Miles Turner could have been there. But I'm not mad at the defensive player of the year. Uh, defensive player of the year selections. I think, well, defensive, all defensive teams. I'm not mad at those selections because. The people that should have been there, except maybe maybe one or two. But then again, in the same thing that we're, we're about to talk about with the All-NBA team, who are you going to take off uh, to put someone on? And I couldn't see myself taking off anybody to put on Lou Dort. Even though Lou Dort, if he was on this list, I wouldn't be upset at all. It's just hard for me to, you know, even though a lot of people don't know who Matisse Steinbull is, he's been incredible. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, I know you can say what you say in the regular season. I mean, in the, in the playoffs, getting torched by Donovan Mitchell and torched by Luka, but it's still Kawhi Leonard. Joel Embiid is having probably the best defensive year he's ever had. Uh, so, I, you know, I can see it. I'm can. I. I, I don't, I'm not mad with the defensive player of the year list. Then you get to the All-NBA team. And, of course, with the All-NBA team, you have snubs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my All-NBA snub team. I'm only going to give you one team. But in order to talk about that, let's see. Let's Let's talk about who made the teams. First, All-NBA first team, you had Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic. I have no problem with the first team as far as the people that made it. I would have put Damian Lillard, who made the second team, I would have put him on the first team and dropped Luka Doncic down. I understand that the Dallas finished, I believe, with a better record than uh, the Portland Trailblazers, but I, I would have, I feel that, Damian Lillard had a better season than Luka Doncic, and I would have rewarded him with being a first-teamer. Moving forward, though, second team, you had Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Julius Randle, and Julius, I mean, uh, Joel Embiid. The only argument I can see is about LeBron James, seeing as though he missed a lot of time due to injury, but that's still LeBron James. And before the injury, he was, um, I mean, LeBron James was, MVP discussion. So I'm not mad at any of the second team list. I I do believe Chris Paul should have been there. I do believe Damian Lillard, like I said, I would have put him on the first team and put Luka Doncic on the second. Julius Randle, you have to reward Julius Randle for having one of the best. He had one of the, statistically one of the best seasons a Knicks player has had since Melo. Uh, and, you, you know, he got the Knicks to, I think, the fourth seed. And this is the same Knicks who nobody thought was going to make the playoffs outside of the team. So, and of course, Joel Embiid, he finished second in MVP. He has to be on the second team. 
third team is where it gets interesting. You have Kyrie Irving, Bradley Bill, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, and Rudy Gobert. Now, first and foremost, the Bradley Bill deserved to be on this team. I'm not mad that it's third team because of the success of the Wizards. Uh, but Bradley Bill finished second in scoring again. And Bradley Bill deserved to be on this team. A lot of people don't like Paul George. I get that. A lot of people like to throw around the whole pandemic P. A lot of people like to like to say what he has or hasn't done in the playoffs. A lot of people want to make jokes about Paul George. I get it. But this is yet another year where Paul George was incredible in the regular season. So Paul George definitely deserves to be on the all-NBA third team. And Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year. There isn't really many centers. Uh, of course, you had... Bam could have been there maybe. Uh, Anthony Davis was out. So I'm not mad with Rudy. I'm not mad with Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler. But I, here's, here's the thing. Like I said, I'm going to give my all, all, all snub team. Let's start with the point guard for the all NBA snubbed team. And this is, of course, mine, the unpopular podcast. So, you know, you know. First and foremost, at point guard, you can't tell me that at least this season there has been 15 players better than Donovan Mitchell. Seeing as though the Utah Jazz has the number one record in the league. And I know he didn't miss time, but so did LeBron James. And if you're going to reward LeBron James, now I'm not saying LeBron James and Donovan Mitchell on the same level. Don't hear me say that. But what I'm saying is, if you're going to reward LeBron James for what he did before the injury, you have to do that with Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, I know, missed the, the end of the season, but he's still a huge part of Utah being where Utah was at the end of the season and even where Utah is today. Now, you can have an argument between who is more important between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, but what I'm saying is, you can't have the number one overall team in the league and not have the point guard, especially when the point guard has been so pivotal that Donovan Mitchell had to be on one of these teams. So I have Donovan Mitchell at a uh, point guard. Now I understand you can make an argument about Russell Westbrook. You can make an argument about James Harden, but James Harden was out. Russell Westbrook. I understand that this is, of course, fourth out of the five years that he averaged a triple-double. But when you look at some of the late game, and this is, that to me, that's the biggest thing that's holding Russell Westbrook back is his offense, his off, well, his his ability, his lack of ability to shoot and his late game situation, his late game mindset, man. And again, I... I wouldn't be upset if Russell Westbrook made this list. I mean, again, he finished with a triple double again, and I wouldn't. I think that if if you were to put Russell Westbrook in, I think he had a better season than Kyrie Irving. Now, again, I understand Brooklyn finished with a better record than uh, the Washington Wizards, but again, Russell Westbrook was a huge reason why the Wizards are or were where they were, especially uh, you know Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. But you know, I. I feel Russell Westbrook had a better season than Kyrie Irving, but the thing that held Russell Westbrook back, in my opinion, again, is his lack of shooting and his late-game decision-making is still off, man. And any Wizard fan who wants to go up, like, who who 
is upset about this, which which I understand, but you have to understand, like, you know how bad Russell Westbrook is late game situations. Sometimes, most of the time. Like, you know it. There's That's one thing you can argue that Russell Westbrook is this, Russell Westbrook is that. One thing that you cannot argue is Russell Westbrook be having some bonehead decision-making decisions in the in the in the in the in late game situations and i think that's what held him back from making this team but let me keep going so you have shooting guard shooting guard i had (laughs) i had russell westbrook (laughs) i mean i just said all that i just i just said all that now you could have put james harden on there but James Harden did, I think he only played half the season due to injury. And, of course, what happened with um, Houston. But, and James Harden was incredible, don't get me wrong. But I just feel, you know, Russell Westbrook, I mean, you have to triple-double. You have to reward that. Now, everything that I just said about Russell Westbrook is still true. But I, I still, I had Russell Westbrook as my shooting guard. <laughs> so, my point guard is Donovan Mitchell. My shooting guard is Russell Westbrook. My small forward is, is Devin Booker. I mean, looking at the Suns' success this year, I mean, they're they're the second best, or record-wise, they're the second best team in the league. And a lot of that was because of Chris Paul, and a lot of that was because of Donovan Mitchell. I mean, not Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. And I look at the looking at the scoring discrepancy of, or looking at the scoring chart of the of the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker is by far their best scorer. And most important score. I mean, I know you have Chris Paul in his uh, mid range, but Devin Booker is able to, you know, get to the rim. He's able to kill you mid range. He's able to shoot threes. I mean, he you saw what he did against the Lakers. Like Devin Booker has been. I think Devin Booker might end up as being one of those consistent, just missed it type people, which sucks. You know, <laughs> Damian Lillard, and when we talk about, you know, uh, before the 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 boom of Damian Lillard. He was one of those people as well. But I think Devin Booker could end up on the list of um players that, you know, just may never get on. Not saying that does it, it just he's playing in a position that's tough, man. Like when you look at the shooting guard position, you have Luca, you have James Harden, you have Bradley Bill. Um you have Steph, if we're just talking about guards. You have Dame, you have Kyrie, you have Russell Westbrook, you have Paul George, but they put him as forward. So, but you have Chris Paul. Like it's it's such a saturated. It's such a it's such a tall task making the All NBA guard or forward list. Because if you look at the forwards, you have KD, you have LeBron, you have. Uh, Paul George, you have Jimmy Butler, you have Giannis, you have Kawhi. So this does not a disrespect on on Devin Booker. I do think that he did deserve, but to be on all all NBA team this year. But it's just it's just tough. It's just tough, and I think he could end up being one of those players that just you know maybe never makes it or doesn't make it until like I don't know a few years from now when you see the guards kind of change hands, if you know what I mean. So I have Devin Booker at small forward. I have power forward. I have Jason Tatum. I understand that. um, And Jason Tatum kind of falls in the same boat right now 
as uh, I can understand. I if if I were to take somebody out of the All NBA third team, I guess I would have done Jimmy Butler. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect to Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler to me didn't have a better season than Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum had what a couple fifty, a couple sixty point games. Um, Jason Tatum was the with the team that you know, saw Kimball Walker go in and out of the lineup due to injury. A team that saw uh, Marcus Smart go in and out of the lineup due to injury. A team that saw Jason uh, Jalen Brown go in and out of the lineup to, due to injury. I The most consistent person has was, Jim, was Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum, I said it before, you know, I know I did an episode where I said who's going to be the best, you know, the next best. And Jason Tatum's on that list. Jason Tatum is rapidly approaching to to being a superstar i don't think he is quite yet but jason tatum has is having one had one of the best seasons this year and it to me that's going to go under the rug because like i said this forward position first of all it's going to go on the rug because of the lack of success that we saw from from uh from boston especially with the expectation that they had and it's because of the, the guard spot is so saturated, man. And it's so it's it's so tough to crack that 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 forward list. I'm sorry. So uh, I have Jason Tatum as the power forward, and center is Demonis Sabonis. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people don't. You know, he's one of those players that probably won't make. Uh, well, he did make it last year, didn't he? I think, but. No, he was all star. I don't know, but Sabonis, he's he's not a flashy player. He plays for Indiana, which isn't flashy at all. So he's not a person that's going to get a lot of shine. But Sabonis is still one of the best play, one of the best bigs in the league. That just doesn't, because you know, he just doesn't get shine. But Sabonis has been incredible, and Sabonis is one of those players that he may not get the credit that he deserves, but Sabonis is incredible. So, my all-NBA snub team is Donovan Mitchell, Russell Westbrook, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, and Demonis Sabonis. Demonis Sabonis. So, and and that's, and, and again, there's there's a lot of other players, you know, uh, James Harden, like I said, Kevin Durant, even though he missed a lot of the season, Zion, Bam Adebayo. Um, a lot of people were saying De'Aaron Fox could have made it. Uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of people that could have made the list, and it you know that doesn't negate the fact that they're still incredible players. You know what I mean? So, uh, shouts out to the players that did make it, and shouts out to my All NBA snub team. And you guys, you guys should have made it. So, let's move forward. Uh, also with the with the announcements of the All NBA teams coming out, there there were announcements about some Team USA news. Uh, Damian Lillard, Draymond Green, and Jason Tatum all confirmed that they're going to be playing or committed to play. And Team USA hopes that, you know, Bradley Bill's the next person to commit. And I think we we kind of brushed on this last year, but I think the, 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 the allure of winning a gold medal is kind of diminishing. I'm not saying that it's not important, but... A lot of people are looking at gold medals, especially in, in, in the Olympics. Now, I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people are looking at it as like, what's the point? As far as we know, we're the best players. We know that 
if we bring our best talent as far as USA, if you bring your best talent to the to to the Olympics in basketball, there's nobody in this planet on this planet that that is not an American that is better than Steph Curry. That is better than LeBron James. That is better than Kyrie Irving. That is better than uh, Damian. Well, that's better than Damian Lillard. That's better than uh, Kevin Durant. There is nobody on this planet that is not an American that's better than James Harden. As far as that's not in the NBA. Let me just say that. There's nobody that's not in the NBA. So Portugal can bring their the greatest team ever. They're not beating Team USA. So I think now, of course, for some people, it's, it's, it's a big accomplishment. And, and, and for those people, I'm not taking away from that, man. Uh, Team USA is important if you want to do it. Like, you know, get a hell. A lot of people talk about Melo one. You know, he never won an NBA championship, but he is the most decorated basketball champion in Team USA history, winning, I think, four national champion or four Olympic gold medals. So it's important. But I think that the the lore, because you know, especially when the Dean team came, uh, the thing was, yeah, I'm playing for Team USA. Now the pandemic definitely hurt the Olympics, as far as you know. I I believe that it, you would have had a better turnout, or you would you would have a better turnout than what you're going to have if there was no pandemic. If you know, the season didn't, that season didn't end, or this season wasn't rushed, uh, or, you know, the shortest offseason in NBA history. I think that if there was no pandemic, a lot more players would have done the Olympics. Um, but with the league being as strenuous as it is, with, you know, COVID and now how it pushed this league, and especially when you're seeing a whole bunch of injuries, I just don't see... I think the biggest names that you're going to see play for Team USA, you've already seen. Dame, Jay, uh, Jason Tatum, Draymond Green, maybe Bradley Bill. Do I think that more players will play? Of course. But I think that those might be the captains. Those might be the leaders of the teams. So, I don't – I mean, shouts out to them. Uh, but, you know, I just, I just think that while it's important to some people, I just don't think it has the same, yeah, I play for Team USA like it used to, you know. Now it's you're, it's you're it's damn near impossible to get a LeBron James. It's damn near impossible to get a Steph, to get a James Harden, uh, to get a KD. Like it's, I'm not saying it is impossible, but we haven't seen LeBron, Steph, and and God knows how long. I mean, what LeBron James last played Team USA was what 2012, I think Steph was 2016, I believe. Like, you know, but hey, shout out to shout out to Team USA. Shout out to the people that will be playing Team USA. Um, let's move on from, from basketball, uh, shouts out to, uh, sorry, shouts out to Novak Djokovic for winning his 19th grand slam and shouts out to Barbara. I, I, I know I'm going to butcher this name. Krajov, Krajikovic, Krajikova. Hey, I don't know, bro. Shouts out to y'all for winning the French open, man. Uh, you know, we know Djokovic, um, one of the greatest tennis players we've ever seen, uh, beat Rafael Nadal. I think he beat his – because Rafael Nadal was known to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, player on clay. I think he was most – I think he had the most wins on clay in, in tennis history, I believe. 
um, as far as men's. I don't know about women's. And the fact that Novak Djokovic beat him and completed his 19th Grand Slam, you know, when we talk about tennis, and I always say this, and it, the same is true here, if you, you know you're great when you can't speak about the history of a sport and not say your name. Like, you can't speak about the history of tennis and not say Djokovic, not say Serena Williams. Um, you can't speak about the history of football and not say Tom Brady or not say Joe Montana. You know what I mean? So, shouts out Djokovic uh, for winning the 19th Grand Slam. And shouts out Barbara. I'm not going to say Barbara K. Krajokova. I'm sorry. I know I butchered your name. I apologize. But shouts out to you guys for winning the um, the French Open, both men's and women's. And lastly, before we go, uh, Israel Adesanya de- de- uh, beat Marvin Vittori in U- UFC, was it 256, I think? Um, and Israel is starting to become one of those people that um, – I mean, he's won 10 consecutive. He has a 10-fight win streak in the middleweight division. I understand he lost to uh, John Blackovich or Blackovich <laughs> at, at the light heavyweight, but we all it, it was it was kind of clear that he was at least size wise. There's a reason why they have weight classes, and he just wasn't really a light heavyweight. But the middleweight division, he is. I mean, he's beating some. He's beating everyone that you've thrown his way. He beat Anderson Silva. He's beating, like I said, Marvin uh, Vittori. I know he did say that he wants to run it back with Robert Whitner or Whitaker. Uh, but yeah, man, shouts out to Israel Adesanya, man. He a lot of people don't like him because of his bravado. A lot of people don't like him because of the antics that he does. But he performs. I mean, <laughs> he performs. And also, shout out to Brandon Morano for becoming the first Mexican-born uh, player to be a UFC champion. Shouts out to him, man. Shouts out to the UFC. The UFC, that's the thing. A lot of people talk about the success of other sports, but the UFC was one of the first sports to really thrive during the 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 pandemic of course know about the the island and everything so shout out to the usc shout out to israel adesanya shout out to brandon marino uh you know ufc is is still incredible and it's still fun to watch and i think i'm i'm not gonna go as far as to say israel adesanya is the great uh, because that's that's the question that gets thrown away is he one of the greatest uh i think he is one of the greatest box or ufc fighters we've seen due solely due to the record and solely due to how many people he's beat but you know when we look it's kind of i it's kind of hard especially early in anderson silver days especially chuck liddell um and it's kind of hard from from what i've seen with john bones jones when he does fight hey john bone jones is dominant so but I do think Israel Adesanya is is in the class of some of the greatest we've seen because of the fact that he just beats who we put in front of him, especially in his weight class and middleweight division. So, shouts out to him. And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys for supporting me. I, it definitely means a lot. It definitely means a lot. 
uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, again, I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers and any subscription, hey, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. It definitely would mean a lot. Uh, if you want to unpop the podcast shirt, if you want to pop a podcast, any any type of merch, the link is in the description below. I got you shirts, hoodies, uh, sweatshirts. I know it's hot, but sweatshirts, joggers, whatever you want, I got you. Shouts out to Jarrell. Shouts out to um, Thousand Jumpers Podcast. This is their shirt, uh, the Decade shirt. I don't know what they call it, but this joint is tough. I was born in 1994, so I really like this shirt. Uh, I have a hoodie of this. I also have a sweater. So now I have a sweater, hoodie, and a shirt. Damn. So shouts out to Jarrell. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll put the link of this shirt in the bio as well. But uh, yeah, man, that has been today's episode of Unpopular Podcast. Go get Unpopular Podcast merch. Go get Jarrell's merchandise or on Thousand Jumpers merchandise. And uh, yeah, man, until next time, much love. My pretty island girl. I got you. Running wild, you're my little lion girl. High headed, ain't afraid to throw it down. Keep me on my toes, I gotta focus now. Lock it up, throw away the key. Wanna light me up? Can you do it faithfully? You got me twisting my words. All the homies keep saying I'm sprung. You got all the features I love. I've been looking for that as someone. What you do to me Say it all truthfully It should be you and me You make me wanna Lock it up Lock it up Lock it up Mind on mind Lock it up Lock it up Lock it up Mind on mind Lock it up Lock it up Lock it up Mind on mind Lock it up Lock it up Lock it up you got me feeling all kind of ways I love your body, I can spot it from a mile away I was thinking me and you could take a holiday We getting freaky into the Mandalay, Mandalay You know what you do to me I'm not who I used to be It should be you and me, you and me The feeling I can't deny Why do I even try? Put me in paradise, you make me wanna Lock it up, lock it up, lock it up, mine oh my Lock it up, lock it up, lock it up, mine oh my Lock it up, lock it up, lock it up, mine oh my Lock it up, lock it up, lock it up, mine oh my Set on your perfect girl No, don't you get sentimental let me show you I can take it all Hold up Come and grab my waist Pull me to the middle Go and leave my head back Give me just a little Boy, I never thought this moment would last They keep saying that we going too fast But I'm ready Just tell me what you say